Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Earn Your Life podcast once again with David Fernandez, Jr. I am excited about this episode. We have a very special guest. I actually admire and respect this brother a lot. I've been he's like a mentor. He doesn't even realize it to me. I've been following you, uh, KR, for a while now, and uh, I just love your story. I love your heart and I love your passion for, uh, you know, sharing the information and, and teaching others and supporting others on their journey. Uh, everyone, welcome KR, uh, entrepreneur, investor, and coach with KJ Consulting. KR, welcome to the show, my brother. Oh, David, thank you for having me on. So excited to be on a platform, to be able to share my story, to educate people, and give a people uh, a, a window into how I think about investments and I entrepreneurship. So I'm fired up and thankful to be here. I love it. Me too, my brother, as well. Like I told you, um, I've been following you for a while now, and I just, I really resonate with what you share, uh, how you share it, you know, your energy, brother. Um, and let's dive right on in, man. Let's talk about your story. Like, how did you go from, you know, just how you grew up, your environment to like where you're at today? You know what I'm saying? Like, wh where did it all begin, my brother? So I grew up in Philadelphia uh, with six siblings and a single parent household. My mother was on welfare, EBT cards for people that don't know that, um, public assistance. And we moved around a lot. Um, we actually, because we couldn't keep a stable income coming in, my mother always struggled. So we moved about 18 times before I turned 18, um, renting houses and things of that nature. And at one point our house had burnt down. And so I remember being homeless and just looking around with the family and just say, look, I, I want to get out of this. I want to have a better life for myself. And so I started to apply myself and was able to get a scholarship to go off to college and get a good job on Wall Street. But all the while, I wanted to invest in real estate. And so when I had gotten to my mid-20s, I bought my first rental in 2009. By 2018, I got up to nine rental units. Then by 2019, I had got to 35 rental units. And by 2020, I got to 105. So I tripled the size of my portfolio during the middle of the pandemic in 2020. And now I have 120 plus units, a property wow. management business, landscaping business. I do some educational um, teaching and consulting and um, just been able to go from making, being happy, making like $1,000, $8,000 a year to now making six figures every month from the rental business. So it's been quite a run um, and quite a journey. So I'm, I'm excited to be where I am right now. I look forward to the opportunities that I'm going to be able to give other people and also take advantage of on my own. Very proud of you, my brother. Very proud of you. I know I'm on the same journey as well. So I know that the journey is not easy only because we get in the way. Right. So I want to ask you about like your first rental, how you made the decision. That's very clear. And where did you go from there? Let's say we're, we're talking to people that are potential real estate. They're, they're wanting to dive into real estate. They know nothing about it. How did it happen for you, my brother? So for me, I had you hear a lot of people saying you got to get an LLC to buy rental property. I disagree. So when I did my research, I realized that when you get the, 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 the rental property in your personal name, there are a number of benefits. One, your interest rate is much lower if it's in your personal name, the mortgage versus in the LLC. 
The other thing is that you actually, if you get in your personal name, you can get a 30-year fixed mortgage versus the LLC typically is only fixed for like five years or seven years. And then you got to refinance. The other thing when it's in your personal name is that it will be based off of 30 years amortization versus 20 years amortization if it's in the LLC, which means that your monthly payments are lower. Your insurance premium is actually lower as well if it's in your personal name. And then you have down payment flexibility. And what I mean by that is if you're a doctor, if you're a medical profession, if you're a lawyer they are a veteran, they have programs where you can put zero money down or close to zero, low money down. Um, and yeah. so you have the FHA program, you have NACA, and you can buy a one to four unit. So I took advantage of all these programs in your personal name that, that was relevant for me. But what some people say is KR, but when you buy, there may actually be some risk. Why don't you get the LLC? And I tell them, look, when I go, when I look out the window and it looks like it's going to rain, I put my raincoat on, but I also put my umbrella up. So mm. what you're going to do is you're going to get regular insurance on a rental property, and you're also going to get umbrella insurance, which will be like an extra $50, $70, but it'll be for a million dollars so it can protect you. So when I first started that first nine years, I got properties in my personal name to take advantage of all those programs and flexibility that you can take advantage of so you can get more cash flow. And I lived off of my uh, nine to five job. So like one of the properties I bought, uh, you, if you don't live in there, you could put down 15% if it's a single family. So I bought something for like 40,000, that is only $6,000. And then I had put like 15 to $17,000 into the rehab and then it appraised for $146,000. So that's how I started. And then in 2019, I had started the LLC, buying properties in the LLC. Um, so I took a different approach. But in the beginning, I started like take advantage of all the programs that you can do in your personal name so you can get the highest cash flows. And I lived off my nine to five job. I didn't stop working my nine to five job until uh, September 2020. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, because if you have it in the LLC from the beginning, you don't have access. I mean, even if you wanted to even do a cash out refi. Um, you can't do it with the LLC, right? You got to kind of put it under your name again and take it out of the LLC. No, you, right? you can do a cash out refi in the LLC, but the terms are better if they're in your personal name when you first got start it. off. Got so, it. so that's why I did the LLC in my personal name because of all those benefits, a lower interest rate, uh, your insurance is cheaper. Um, they have programs that can help you with the rehab costs. There's so many things that you can take advantage of. Versus yep. jumping right into the LLC. If you get an LLC, you got to file two tax tax returns, one for your LLC and one for you as individual. Yeah. But if it's all in your personal name, it's just you don't have you save money on taxes as well, paying your tax account. Got it. And so did you have a mentor when you started off? Like, how, did you just kind of Google and educate yourself when you got, dove into the first rental property? How did yeah. that look like for you? So I didn't have a mentor when I started off. Um, I just was self-taught and just was very curious since I was like 14. So when, when I was growing up, uh, I had, uh, moved around a lot. We lived at one point, we lived in a studio apartment where we had like 15 people in the studio apartment where we didn't have a stove. We had a hot plate. We didn't have a bathroom door. We had a sheet hanging in the door entry. We didn't have a shower. We had a bathtub and we had one bed. We had roaches and we had mice and just a lot of people. And I realized I didn't want to live like that. But what I got the opportunity to do is pay attention to my surroundings. And I realized I didn't want to be a teenage dad. 
I didn't want to be a, a track kid. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to be a bus driver. I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. I wanted to be the landlord. And so therefore, I started to read books about wealth creation, Wall Street, and things of that nature. So I became obsessed with uh, the industry. And that's how I became self-taught, by just throwing myself into the process and believing that things done well are done soon enough. So I just took my time versus rushing into something like a lot of people like to do. So that, that I, I think I already have the, um, the next question answered, but I'm still going to ask anyway, because I really want to touch on, um, you know, and, and no one to blame when it comes to the scarcity mindset, right? Like, you know, we, we are a part of the environment and we can't choose our environment when we're born. But how did you transition from, a poverty mindset to an abundance mindset. What was it? Just that commitment to like, I don't want to live like this, so I'm gonna like just dive into the education information. Did you no, deal with fear? No, Did actually, you deal with anxiety. Like, what was it? No, brother? actually, what happened was um, my stepdad uh, Charles Washington had come back into my life and set me down, and he pulled me aside and he had said, "Look." I know what it takes to be successful, but I have, I do, don't do as I, I do, do as I say. And so he said he knew what it takes to be successful, but he couldn't commit himself. And then he said, don't be an F up like some of your family members where we're wasting our talent and not applying ourselves. And I was only like 13 or 14 at the time. And that really hit me really hard because I was like, wow, I never met adults say that things are so messed up and st stop playing with yourself and look at what, look at your life. This is the life you're going to have unless you start to change the way you think. And so that conversation just sparked something in me to make me start saying, wow, our life is but we're really struggling. And so from there, I started to shift my mindset and decided that I didn't want to become a victim of my circumstances, but I wanted to become a victim of my, my dreams. And so I started to have a vision uh, larger than, my, my, than what I envisioned or what I saw. So I started saying, I can do more, I can get out there, I can change my life. I don't have to become what my family members have become or I don't have to settle for less. And so that conversation sparked me to start saying, let me put the people in place to help me go to the next level. If I can't find it at home, what can I do outside that can help me elevate my game? You know what I love, brother? I love it because it sounds like you just straight up at a young age without even realizing it, like you took responsibility, my brother. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was like a, it was a coming of life. So you're about to be 13, 14, and now this is the time. This is a this is a pivotal moment in your life. Like, do you want to move on? Do you think you can change your life? Are you going to settle and become a product of your neighborhood? Are you going to become a statistic um, where you live in abject poverty, where people are really struggling? Where my younger my brother, one year younger than me, went to prison for attempted murder right before I went off to college and spent. Mm. 12 and a half years there, or my sister when I was in college was murdered by the father of her three children. So I had to start deciding, what am I going to do with my life? Am I, how am I going to shift the whole entire paradigm? How am I going to change yeah. the trajectory of my life? Am I going to end up like the people around me, or am I going to be able to just change everything from eating to mindset to the way I approach life? Beautiful, my brother. Beautiful, man. Mad respect. Big applause to you for for being able to do that, especially at such such a young age, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, let me ask you, um, I know that, you know, when we, 
when we hear success stories, you know, we always hear the end result, but I love diving into the, you know, what it took to get to that end result. Right. So share, share with my audience, brother, some of the obstacles that you had to overcome and how you overcame them when they arose, um, you know, throughout this part of the journey. Well, it, it really, the obstacles started at a very young age, whether it's bouncing around because you have food insecurity or you have housing insecurity where you don't have lights, so therefore you're using the street lights to do your homework, um, or you're in a house where the plumbing doesn't work and defecate is all on the floor in the basement and you're living in those type of conditions, or it, it works where there, it's the winter and you guys don't have gas, so you're going to have, it's like 10 inches, 12 inches of snow outside and you guys are having a cookout, you and your family and everybody in the neighborhood know that's because y'all don't have any gas. So trying to just get through all that and being rebellious in middle school, I was like all over the place that someone wrote in an autograph book. I can't believe you made it. Um, and it's because I was smoking weed. I was smoking newspapers, tea bags, drinking Coke 45, Mad Dog 2020 and hooking in from school, being disobedient and not really applying myself. So it takes a, a, a serious mindset shift and be able to figure out how can I make my life better? And so I started to say, let me put some things in place, whether it's my own personal board of directors that can teach me some techniques, some routines, and start reading some books about how productive, how do you become organized? How do you become a master student? How do you save money? How do you create wealth? Because I noticed that my mother, people in my family, they loved the community and everything like that in the family, but they weren't really good with money management. I learned that about some of the small churches and the small businesses. They were always raising money and going out of business. So I said, let me throw myself into this space and try to figure out how do you create wealth? How do you change your mindset? And so I started to come up with routines and I said, all right, every day I'm going to come up with a list of like doing four things. And if I can knock out those four things, everything else is gravy. And so I started to map out, okay, when I'm having a tough day, what are my mechanisms to bounce back? Is it that I'm going to go and watch a movie that makes me laugh all the time, put on some gospel music, or put on some music, some Afro beats or something that's going to make me want to relax and have fun? Am I going to call that one loved one that can always uplift my spirits and never judge me? Uh, am I going to go to counseling to deal with some of these issues, talking to a professional therapist versus holding it all in? So you start to learn that there's power and vulnerability. And so that's how I, I was able to deal with stuff throughout the process uh, where one would back up and say, you know, this, this life is not meant for me. The devil is always busy, always trying to knock me out of my spot. But I, I came up with ways to, to navigate the world and told myself, no matter what the world throw at me, I'm going to keep coming out the corner swinging. I love that. I love that, dude. Thank you so much for the super valuable information thus far my brother now now let's transition towards you went from residential to commercial how did you pivot in that and how was that transition my brother well the thing i tell people is that if you um things done well are done soon enough if you do what's necessary then do what's possible you'll find yourself doing the impossible so mm -hmm. i just did what was necessary in the beginning which was have a good job make sure that i have okay credit make sure I have some savings and make sure I know how to buy a rental property. And I didn't try to buy 15 at the same time. It's just like if I was a security guard, if I have to pay attention to 15 different cameras, a thief is going to get by me. 
But if I only have to focus on one camera, it's very hard for thieves to get by me because I'm going to be so focused on the whole process. And so the, the security camera was like a house, a rental property. So I became a master at doing one thing and doing it extraordinary well because I didn't have a lot of money, but what I did have is a unique set of skills. And so I mastered that. After doing single family homes for, let's say, almost a decade, then I had said, now I'm ready to go into the big leagues and start buying five units and up because mm -hmm. I've spent so much time where I built a track record. I had the relationships and now those two enable me to have a reputation which will precede me. And so now I proved to the bank, proved to myself, proved to my team that I was able to go, to, go for something bigger. And so that's why in 2019, when I went to the bank to say, hey, I need lending, and when I talked to my team and said, hey, I'm ready to do this, they said, oh, you, we believe you could do this because you've, you, we know that you put your time in, you're going to study, you're going to do your homework, you're not just going to jump in. Um, and so that's how I made the transition into doing um, apartment buildings because I already mastered one level and one niche because I believe the riches are in the niche. So I did really well spending my time understanding that whole facet of the one to four units and then started buying five units and up. I love that. I love that, brother. You know, it's beautiful because everything that we're talking about, it's really the mindset. That's mm -hmm. really, that's really what, what, what's um, standing out for me is just the mindset. Now um, I know you have a consulting uh, coaching company, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. I want you to kind of talk about that because one thing um, that I've learned uh, that was a big lesson for me, right, or a big uh, epiphany for me was why try to learn things the hard way when you can get the recipe from somebody and yes. you can implement that recipe. Someone that's already been through the trenches and can save you so much time and money and headaches, whatever the case is. So let's talk about your, your consulting company, my brother. Yes. So um, what, 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 what happened was in 2020, my business partner, Jody, who actually is one of my mentees and was one of my students, he had said, uh, KR, it's good that you're doing, you have these private clients. Have you ever thought about going on social media and starting to teach the broader audience, the, the wider audience? And so I said, well, I guess we could do that. I'm used to just doing one-on-ones for private coaching. And then we started doing the, uh, we started KJ Consulting where I will, where we will teach people, we have classes and we have also digital products that people can download off our website, kjconsulting.net. And we also teach people how to invest in single families, one to four units, and then also five units and up value add apartment buildings. And so we took all of my knowledge and packaged it into courses. And also I serve to do one-on-one -on -one coaches sometimes for strategists, like I, I'm a coach to a person that runs a gym. I'm also a coach that person that runs a digital marketing business, uh, coach to someone that runs like a, um, let's say a, a restaurant um, and also another person that just does private consulting work one-on-one. -on -one. So, but the real estate thing is what we're trying to do is teach people how you could take advantage of all these different programs out here. Uh, for financing in your personal name and then set it up so you can do also an LLC and not break the bank. You don't have to take on so much debt in order to be successful in this real estate business. You don't have to take out all hard money loans and all that stuff, a whole lot of it. You can do stuff with, uh, with measure so that you're successful and stack the odds in your, in your, in your favor that you win. 
And so that, that is pretty much the idea of KJ Consulting is we want to teach people, let's say the Apple way of investing in real estate, um, keep it slick, keep it smart and keep it sharp. I love it, my brother. I love it. Thank you for that. And uh, work, work, once again, I know you mentioned the website, but mention um, the, the, you know, mention your platforms and where people could uh, connect with you um, if they're resonating and want to dive into real estate yeah. and need that support. So the best place to catch us is on Instagram, uh, KJ Consulting, K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G. That's on Instagram. And our website is kjconsulting.net. So that's K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.net. Um, and those are the best ways to, to reach us. Um, if you are, if you want, we on Tuesday, we go live at 7 PM and we actually teach uh, a, a course for like 30 minutes. Like yesterday we did the pros and cons of seller financing the week before we did, uh, hard money lending. And the week before that, we walk you through why you probably want to invest in apartment buildings versus single families. So we're out here trying to really educate people, um, yeah. and, and teach them the terms. Like on our page, we're explaining a lot of concepts, um, to help you go to the next level and grow versus trying to push you to move super fast. And uh, for the audience listening right now, like I can vouch for it. I've been on the lives, your lives, my brother. And it's so, you, you just give so much, you share so much valuable information and, uh, you really, really add value. Um, every time you're on the lives that I've been on. So I definitely, uh, encourage people to go check it out and, uh, just tune in because it's not even just the real estate. Um, what I love is that he, he shares the mindset. He talks about the mindset and, um, and that's, to me, that's everything to, to be able to move us forward or even, um, you know, take that huge step towards changing our paradigm, our dreams, our goals, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm, so my brother, mm -hmm. so let me ask you, um, this is a question that I ask all my, my guests, um, on this podcast. And here is the question. If you had the microphone to the world and the world was listening right now, what would you be your message to the world, my brother? Well, I, I would tell people is and the number one thing I really stress to people is if you do what's necessary, then you do what's possible. You will find yourself doing the impossible. So, for instance, when I was younger, we were homeless at one point. We didn't have anything. Um our lost family members was on a hit list. All these devastating things happened. Terrible school, dangerous neighborhood. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go in every day and just do my best at school. I'm going to start, finally start to apply myself. And I went from being a C minus student, C average student in high, middle school to becoming a valedictorian of my high school. And then I, I didn't even like sports really. I mean, track in middle school, but then I became the captain of the track team. So if you just do what's necessary, then I said, let me just apply myself and try to get into college, got into a good college and kept working and say, let me buy one property. Everybody's saying, KR, you're moving too slow. Why, why, in nine years, you only have nine properties. What, what's, what's your problem? But you know what? I said, I'm going to keep my nine to five. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to run my own race. So if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible. But over those first nine years, I start buying some properties. And so what was happening is that the equity was building up. The debt pay down was 
kicking in Mm -hmm. and natural appreciation was working. And so I was able to save the cash flow. So I saved like 200 and something thousand dollars and had like 1.5 or $2 million worth of equity. And I can start to borrow against that money in year 10. So what happened is, for example, if you're making $4,000 on cash flows just for one property, by the time you get to year 10, now you're making $40,000 in cash flows. And now you're in your mid thirties and you're like, wow, I still have my job. But guess what? The next year you can borrow from your, the equity that you built up. Now you have that cash flow and you can go buy bigger property. And so then I start finding myself buying bigger property and my cash flows multiply even more. And so I woke up and I find myself doing the impossible with my name on buildings and everything. So if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible. You can find yourself doing the impossible, but you got to make sure that you take care of yourself first. You can't save anyone else before you save yourself because you'll Ooh. be distracted. Spitting fire, my brother. Spitting fire. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that, bro. That was gold right there. Um, I'm proud of you, my brother. I just want to say that I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of your journey. And thank you so much for now being in a position to give back as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. life. And so thank you so much for being and taking the time to be here with me today and share your wisdom and your heart, my brother. Um, I continue to wish you the best on the next chapters. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yes. may- maybe one day soon we'll be working together on a on a, on a 100-unit apartment complex, all right? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right, my brother. Big love to you. Once again, to all the audience that's been tuning in, thank you so much for supporting Earn Your Life podcast. And uh, yeah, it's in the name, right? Let's earn our lives. Earn your life, baby.